know what that means? Everything. Anglo-thieves. Gettle's gone. Oh my god, you people have just failed me. Failed me utterly. Congratulations, Scotland. We have just gone full brigadier. That just explains so much of my childhood to me. Research purposes. It's super important. I hear an awful lot of judgment in your voice. NBC, can we have a civilization? Can we live? Hi, this is episode 33 and a half of Anglophies, and we're pissed off. I'm Raiden. I'm Alina. <sighs> nice things gone. <laughs> Kaylee. Kaylee, I'm Kaylee. <laughs> the truly horrible thing about this is that in Canada, I still get it on Thursdays. I have been dead for a day and a half. I have been destroyed. I have been an ex-Alina. And I cannot tweet Raiden. From what I understand, it hasn't changed anywhere else in the world except for America. We're still getting it on Wednesday nights. The yep. Wednesday after the Thursday that we were supposed to get on, which is now Saturday. Yep. Because you know what the sad thing is? Wait, should we tell people what we're talking about? Uh, sure. So, <laughs> probably. It helps, I hear. Right. Um, so, the long and short of it is, is that NBC, not only has NBC declined to renew Hannibal, they also have moved the air date from Thursday to Saturday. So... We're here recording on um, what is Saturday morning for me and Alina, and Saturday afternoon for Kaylee, because time zones. And Alina has seen it, has seen the most recent episode, episode seven of Hannibal, and she is in pain and has been in pain for a day and a half at this point. I haven't seen it, and... Kaylee presumably could find a download somewhere, but yeah. I don't want to make it hurt more than it already does. Yeah. Just drill into my head already. On a serious note, because, I mean, I could literally go for an hour and a half of just, like, incoherent sobbing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that's on a good day when it comes to this show. It's not going to be a good day, you guys. No, it's not. But here's the thing, is Live tweeting and participating in a live Twitter conversation with a select group of my friends has been a really huge part of my Hannibal watching experience. And this Thursday was the first day, you know, the season or like in two seasons that I didn't have it. And it was bad. Like it, not only because the episode was just so, was one of those that really sent me to my, to my friends to share the emotional burden with, um, but just like it, it just wasn't the same. And I really hate NBC for taking that away from me. But do you know what the sad thing is? Mm-hmm. Not okay. Not only did they move Hannibal, they moved Aquarius, which is David Duchovny's Manson show. Mm-hmm. I yep. think I've never actually watched it. They moved I've seen it. the last five minutes of a couple of episodes. Yeah, it's Manson. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, just just listen to you must remember this instead. But they, they moved that those two to Saturday. They put in Nightline. Nightline doubled its ratings in that spot. 
So really, we have no one to blame but the Americans. No offense, Raiden. No, no, go ahead and blame us. It's true. I mean, we were already kind of despondent because it's not been picked up and I don't want to jinx it or anything, but it's looking like we're not going to get any more. Yeah, they're... Amazon have said no. Netflix have said no. We're really running low on options that would allow us to get the show that we want, the show that we need mm-hmm. um, within the boundaries, restrictions and um, expectations that I think Brian Fuller and his team would, and the De Laurentiis people would need to work within. So I think a lot of us have just sort of been slowly accepting we've got, you know, seven episodes left for me and you now. Yep. We're just going to enjoy these. Let's band together like the happy flower crown maniacal fanables that we are and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But this is really that, that bit in The Simpsons where Homer is Krusty the Clown and kicking the crap out of that mascot and the kid is screaming, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's really yeah. strange because in the UK... The time slot hasn't moved. Mm-hmm. It hasn't moved in Canada either. It hasn't moved anywhere else in the world. Right. So really, the show that is in 80 countries around the world is kind of continuing as normal, except for America. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't blame NBC for re- not I renewing do. it. I mean, well, I blame them, but we got three seasons. We thought this was going to be over by season one. Remember? True. Yeah, I know. The I know. fact that they, we got this far is kind of spectacular. And it's been, I've, I've always had great fun watching a show. It's a show that I can't look at in an objective manner because I just love everything about it and I love everything it's given me and I love the people involved and the people I discuss it with. And I'm going to be sad to, if we end up losing that. I mean, there's still a glimmer of hope. I know Brian Fuller has talked about potentially just doing a film. Mm-hmm. And Matt Mickelson and Hugh Dancy said they would do that. Yeah. But the, the day that they both sign on for other projects is going to be a hard one. <laughs> It's true, and I'm I'm definitely going to miss the community that we've built. Like, we've made some pretty good friends, Ian and Theo, and the Tattle Crime team. We have podcasting buddies who are not in the Made of Fail family, which is great. Not that the Made of Fail that came out kind of bad, but you know what I mean. It's morning still. It's expanded our group exponentially, yeah. but it's also given us a very specific kind of fandom that I don't think any of us you are used to, which is here's a fandom where the people who make the show not only like us, but respect us. Yeah. Because I've been in fandoms where that doesn't happen, and it sucks. Yes. It really is a kick in the teeth to be part of this thing that you really love, that it makes you so passionate, and to have the people who are making the show just sort of roll their eyes and go, oh, you guys are way too invested in this. Yeah. So to have a guy who willingly wears plaid and puts flowers in his hair and talks about googling lesbian sex puns <laughs> means a lot. We'll, we'll right. link to the um, Comic-Con panel because it was a pretty good one. It's so good. It was so <laughs> Richard good. Richard Armitage oh. is just like... <laughs> I will answer that question nothing. when they tell me why I'm wearing flowers on my head because nobody has explained it to me. Right, and he was like, I, I don't actually know. I just go with it. And then there's a point where somebody asks, like, what are you going to miss most? And Fuller goes, oh, the Fanables. And you see Richard lean over to Martha and go, the what now? <laughs> and she's like, the Fanables. And he goes, Fanables. Oh, I don't know what's happening. Okay, I'm just going to sit here and plunk my red drag- stuffed red dragon on my head. <laughs> Oh, bless that precious muffin. 
He's such a cinnamon roll, isn't he? He really is. He is, and I'm going to have a signature on my wall. But one of the other things that I really appreciate about the show is, wow, Brian Fuller got a show that lasted longer than two seasons, and this makes me so happy. The curse yeah. has been broken. And finally, all of these critics who were didn't you know didn't really pay attention to his work or sort of knew it tangentially, they finally got to look at it and say, "This guy is great. Yeah. Why is he not? You know, why does he not have twelve different TV shows on every different network?" Did you see the Tumblr ask that Neil Gaiman got? Oh my god! <laughs> so the uh, hold on. sent it. Uh, needs they, to go they've since hiding. deleted their Tumblr. Yeah, no, because well, the fanables would actually eat them alive for this. Yeah. So, uh, Kaylee, you you said you hadn't noticed. I, I didn't see this. Am I am okay. I going to be scared to ask about this? Oh 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 no! Oh, I'm no, going to save my story. <laughs> Neil Gaiman got, and I think Raiden's looking for the exact quote, but Neil I Gaiman am... got a Tumblr ask by a person going like, "Have you seen what that Fuller man has done to Thomas Harris's work? How can you trust him with yours?" <laughs> oh bless. Isn't Thomas Harris really happy with what they've done to his work? Because Martha De Laurentiis posted something on her Twitter page about how she chatted to him recently and he said that people are always congratulating him on the TV show and he's very happy about that, but he has nothing to do with it. So, right. All right. Here, here's a direct quote. Here's a direct quote. Are you aware that Brian Fuller wants to hire the entire cast of Hannibal to be on their show? Are you also <laughs> aware of how badly he butchered Harris's work? And do you have faith that he can actually do anything to make your novel adaptation good? Or do you just not care at this point? Wait, what was his response? Neil was said, no, I wasn't aware of that. But Brian is cunning and he has obviously fooled me by talking about casting people who are right and appropriate for their parts in American Gods, and by co-writing with Michael Green two excellent scripts. How could I have been so blind as to believe him in him? I am grateful <laughs> that there are people like you around to take the scales from my eyes, or I might have believed Brian's lies and been unaware of the butchery and waiting. Thank you. Thank you, nameless Tumblr person, for showing me your truth. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know there were Thomas Harris purists. I, Which scares me because I like those books, but holy crap, have they read those books? Yeah, right? I mean, the book of Hannibal, I'm glad that he butchered that up a little bit. Yeah. Hell, he made Hannibal Rising seem like something I would want to read again. And I won't because I've got more sense than that, but you know. <laughs> so you have better things to do with your time. I was actually looking up Brian Fuller's uh, Wikipedia page. And it just kept listing all of these projects that he had started writing that didn't even get picked up for pilot. Mm -hmm. It was like, it seemed for the longest time he was the unluckiest man working in this business. So I'm forever thankful that he's got something that had a really dedicated fan base that had critics screaming about it for three years. Yeah. And that has clearly opened up a lot of doors for him because look at the amount of people who have tried to get American Gods made. Like Tom yeah. Hanks couldn't get it made on HBO. Yeah. And now they're getting it made on Stars. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't have happened without Hannibal. Yeah. And I think that certainly Maz and Hugh have gotten a whole new level of exposure from the show. I hope to God that Caroline keeps getting more and more work because like, I, I still can't quite believe that this is the same woman that was in Wonderfalls. From what I understand, after Wonderfalls and before Hannibal, she mostly worked in 
French language work in Canada. Because mm-hmm. she is from Quebec. Right. I'm pronouncing that wrong, right? Quebec. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so I would love it if she gets more high-profile English language work. I would love it if Hugh Dancy got a really great serious career out of this, because I think for a long time he was kind of coasting on being Claire Danes' really attractive husband in those terrible romantic comedies. Right. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. But even just, like, the directors involved. The guy who made Bride of Chucky made a phenomenal piece of TV. Mm-hmm. Like, Vincenzo Natale, who made Splice, which is a weird movie. Just all of these really cool people that got together and did this. So I have a mm-hmm. lot of... I, I have hope that they will go on to do great things. And if nothing else, the American Gods fandom is going to be weird. <laughs> it's true. I mean, think about what Brian Fuller's going to be wearing at Comic-Con for that. His wardrobe is going to be immensely upgraded. It's true. Not that it needed further upgrading. I think he already has the best wardrobe in, in Hollywood. Oh, definitely. He runs an interior design company with his partner. What do you think their house is like? I don't know, but I think he should invite us over. I want to see that episode of Krebs. Can we bring it back just for that? Mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm. And here's my life-size statue of Han Mm-mm. Solo. And here's the limbless fake body of Eddie as we made. And here's all the plaid. The pig. The pig. No. <laughs> did you see the um the cosplay of mason verger that ryan filler posted on twitter oh no i the, missed the face that all sliced up and she was carrying a pig oh no no oh adorable sliced up mutilated mason no. <laughs> at this moment in time alina is like a tortoise stuck on her back <laughs> pretty much <laughs> Pretty much. Um, also, from the the Comic Con panel, the first question that's on the YouTube is friend of the show Maya. Woo! So we're very proud of her. She asked she asked Ryan a question that that I had suggested, which was you should ask him about how he balances the pretension with t- actually telling the story because I feel like the balance was off in the first couple of episodes. Yeah, it's it's funny. I remember that question, and it felt like everybody around her went like, "Boo!" And Brian was like, "No, no, no, we are pretentious." Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that was like the quote that he said he was interviewed for the Guardian. I think and he says, "We're not making a TV show. We're making a pretentious art house movie from the eighties." Right. I actually right. think it balanced pretty well. I really like the languorous tone of this season. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this entire season has basically been Brian Fuller saying the lack of fucks I give are high and pretentious and corny. <laughs> remember that you said that. Just <laughs> Okay, so here's a question. What's been your favorite part of season three so far? <laughs> and you can't say anything that's in the episode we haven't seen, Alina, okay? I know, I know. I think all of the the Italy set decoration and just being in Italy. Yeah. Florence was sure pretty. Let's go back there. <laughs> <laughs> but those were always the best bits of the book of Hannibal for me. Yeah. Um, and the bits that the movie of Hannibal did pretty well too. So here we get to see it through Fuller Lens, which is lots mm-hmm. of languorous shots of um now languorous is a great word, I think, to describe this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I love the game Bedelia's been playing. I think watching her just sit there high as fuck with some Oh god. <laughs> yeah. And just Jack saying, I'm not mad, to tell you the truth, I'm actually impressed. Right. <laughs> oh my god, Jack beating Hannibal up. Yeah, that's- Yeah, that was Glorious. The round fight was well done. I was gonna say the amount of Gillian Anderson was was very nice. Also, kind of like 
the um, cannibal at repose, you know, Hannibal <laughs> in his habitat, when he's a little more loose with, you know, putting on a mask. So we get moments like, I've hardly killed anyone. <laughs> Technically, there. that one's on you. Yeah, so things like that. It's just the way that he sits there eating goes, was it, that may have been a lapse or something like that. <laughs> that may have been impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, the first episode where we get the flashbacks to Eddie Azard. Because mm-hmm. I know it shouldn't be funny, but every time we went to a new scene and he had another limb gone. <laughs> and then he dropped that fork. It's like, I literally ha- do not have to do anything. <laughs> and Hannibal's like, I twitch. Yeah. But that was one of the things I really liked about the most recent episode that we saw where he finally meets Will. Mm-hmm. Because there's such clear delight there that he has his favorite person slash boyfriend slash toy slash victim to play with. Right. And he sort of there's a bit where he's feeding him and Will, who at this point is also high, there's a lot of high in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> and says, the soup's not very good. And it's just that micro expression yet again. Right. I'm gonna miss those. Right. Congratulations on taking that scene from Hannibal and making it less gory, but even more upsetting. Yeah. Because when I was finished watching it, I did have that moment of, oh, uh, is Cleo okay? Is she alive? Someone checked up on her. I I thought that was the most upset the show had ever made me. You were wrong. No, no, no. The most upset I was, was the flashback to Jack and Bella. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's a healthy kind of sad. Of course that's sad. But then there's the sad Brian Fuller makes you feel. We're not even sad, just discombobulated. <laughs> and and then Brian Fuller shows you what he does when he really, really doesn't give a fuck about how you're going to feel about this. I will be here for you tonight. I just need you to know that. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming that this episode is... I'm assuming this episode is the final one we're going to see the Vergers in. Or certainly Mason, if this is going the way that we think it's going in regards to the canon. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume an eel is involved at some point. Chekhov's eel. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anyone. I promised I wouldn't. I promised I wouldn't do too many of the... You wait till you see that or X. But um, one thought I had pretty soon after the episode was over is... After everything, after, you know, two and a half seasons... This is the first episode of Hannibal I would put a trigger warning on. Ooh, wow. That's that's intense. Well, I'm really excited. I was always excited, but now I'm rearing for it. <laughs> I'll say one yeah. thing I've really loved this season, and I think we're, there's been more focus on it this season than it has been for the previous two, has been Brian Wrightsell's music. Mm-hmm. Which has been basically like Baglamenti's score for Twin Peaks crossed with Aphex Twin. And it's always present in the show. There are very few quiet moments in the show. (laughs) Given everything that's going on, there always seems to be some sort of musical interlude to go with it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been really effective this season, particularly when you think of the very clear influences. Like Tony Scott's vampire lesbian movie, The Hunger, has been a big influence this season. Mm -hmm. For a number of reasons. Uh, this yeah the music in the show is one of those that uh, makes me happy Uh, we invested in one of those Dolby surround sound systems (laughs) it's definitely um, like worth listening that way if you can 
I really liked when Hannibal is preparing Patsy for his death and he says, I assume you've come from Mason Verger. I called up his hotline once, just for fun. Just for fun. <laughs> Far from here. <laughs> it's lovely to speak to you, Alana. Oh, vengeful Alana has been amazing. Oh my god. Like, vengeful, slightly amoral, but clearly conflicted, but still ready to do what she thinks she has to do, Alana. With the greatest wardrobe upgrade. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Her wardrobe is amazing. She has this one low plunging outfit she wears with Margot that is amazing. The plaid suit and the... Oh, yeah. But the clear influences from Hannibal's wardrobe that have bled into hers, I think is really smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you're not telling me she picked plaid because she wanted to pick plaid. No. She put yeah. on a Hannibal suit. She did. She did. This is her person suit. How, was, how do you feel about the casting change for Mason? Because I was worried because I thought Michael Pitt did a great job, but I am greatly enjoying the the mighty fine tasty scenery chewing Joe Anderson is doing. I talked about that a little on the Matter of Taste episode I was on, and I was saying how I actually was not a fan because I felt that his interpretation of Mason was more of Mason doing his best on purpose to try and uh, disgust people around him, particularly Alana, whereas Michael Pitt's Mason just felt naturally the way he was. Oh, that makes sense. Although I figured that would also make sense in the context of he really can't move much to... He can't intimidate her with his size or sort of towering over her or carrying a peg around in his arm. Mm -hmm. So he's trying really hard and then there's these moments where... He's basically choking on his own spit, and Alana's just watching him. Mm-hmm. A moment I also really loved. But, oh, but yeah. I will say, in this episode, I think you won't be disappointed. I think you'll oh, yes. be happy with how scared it <laughs> He does sound like Jimmy Stewart crossed with the snooty judge from Futurama. <laughs> yeah. So this one feels very Gary Oldman inspired in a way that I don't think Michael Pitt was. But I quite like the idea of having that, the two sides of Mason. You know, mm-hmm. he could be more sort of. Um, pantomime villain evil when he was up and around walking with his pimp coats and his peg and his hair. Here he's much more limited, which is why he has his Cordell who's really underratedly creepy in this season, I think. Yeah. Like when he's um, bringing sort of like taster dishes mm-hmm. to Mason is in his bed and this is what we're going to do to Hannibal so you can eat him. I think he's just very, very convincing. But I've, yep. I've also liked that Margot's had a wardrobe change. Mm-hmm. She's looking very sort of vintage glamour. She's offsetting Alana's power bitch suit moments, which I like. Margot's was kind of, well, not telegraphed, but it, it continues from the little epilogue scene that she and Mason got last season. Mm-hmm. When she enters his bedroom, you know, and she's all polished and put together. So I really feel like that's carrying through that style that they gave her. Yeah. Yeah. I will say congratulations to Hannibal for being the one show where you can watch a man get drilled into his head, but you can't watch two women have sex unless it's put through a kaleidoscope. Right. Which I think is also done really well. I think kudos to uh, the yeah. show for oh, a really genuinely interesting, sexy, haunting sex scene, but having it completely stripped of male gaze. Mm-hmm. I actually think there's a really interesting essay to be written about the ways that Hannibal subverts the male gaze and makes for a very tr- interesting twisted female gaze, but I don't think I'm smart enough to write it. Because it would just be like screen caps of the increased amount of nudity we've had this season, which was apparently mandated by Matt Mickelson. Thank you. So, in final thoughts, tag your spoilers, people. Tag <laughs> your spoilers. 
I had to unfollow Bonarina of my skull because she wasn't tagging her spoilers. She like would do some sort of weird esoteric season three episode whatever spoiler, but not tag it Hannibal. So my blacklist wasn't working. Tag your fucking spoilers. Common courtesy. Don't be rude. Yeah. In conclusion, screw you, NBC. Yeah. Yeah. You're why we can't have nice things. For a certain definition of nice. <laughs> but we like them anyway. I feel like my entire definition of nice has kind of changed from being a fanable, to be honest. It's true. Yeah. It's true. All right. So this is episode 33 and a half. We'll be back in about a week or so. Um, where we're going to talk about documentaries. In completely different tone switch. It'll be great. <laughs> and uh, hopefully Elena will feel better. <laughs> I, it's not so much that I will be up to your level of how you feel. It's that you will finally come down to mine. And then everything will equalize. I, I meant you're cold. I, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> When we record next week, you'll have a different level of not okay. Or you'll have seen Richard Armitage blurt out, but we will have not yet. Oh, I will lord that over you for so long. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. But Fuller did promise that on the DVD and Blu-ray, they will unblur the butt cracks. Because, because watching a guy get his skull drilled into, okay. Watching an origami heart made out of a dude's skin body transform into a stag okay Botticelli butt cracks not okay I don't understand NBC your standards and practices guys are weird I quite like the idea of them trying to justify this for well honestly what are you going to be more disturbed by the giant heart torso or the butt and not just a butt a classical butt alright We will see you listeners soon. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Anglophies, a made-of-fail production. There was something I was supposed to have Kaylee say. It was in that Facebook thing. Carl. Carl? Yes. Carl. Cattle? (laughs) (laughs) I'm recording, by the way. That's there for Oh, thank God. This is like when my English friends made me see cuddly-wuddly because I turned it into like a six-syllable word.